That's chapter Numbers 27, chapter 27, verse 1 through to verse 11. And this is the word of God. Then drew near the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hepher, son of Gilead, son of Maka, son of Manasseh, from the clans of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. The names of his daughters were Marla, Noah, Hogla, Milcah, and Terza. And they stood before Moses and before Eleazar the priest and before the chiefs and all the congregation at the entrance of the tent of meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among the company of those who gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah, but died for his own sin. And he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan? Because he had no son. Give to us a possession among our father's brothers. Moses brought their case before the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, The daughters of Zelophehad are right. You shall give them possession of an inheritance among their father's brothers and transfer the inheritance of their father to them. And you shall speak to the people of Israel, saying, If a man dies and has no son, then you shall transfer his inheritance to his daughter. And if he has no daughter, then you shall give his inheritance to his brothers. And if he has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to his father's brothers. And if his father has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to the nearest kinsman of his clan, and he shall possess it. And it shall be for the people of Israel a statute and rule as the Lord commanded Moses. Ending there in verse 11. And if you'd like to keep your Bibles open at that point, we're going to be looking at these scriptures as we go through these verses, as as we go through this narrative together this evening. But just before we do, uh, Ray spoke about prayer and the importance of prayer. And we will just pray again. Um, Just ask the Lord for his help. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for prayer. We thank you for the reminder we've had already of the importance of it and also the the importance of your word. And Father, we we thank you that we can pray now for your help as we look at your word together. And Father, as Ray has already prayed, Father, we echo his prayer that you'll give me the very words to say. Father, that you'll speak through me this evening, that you'll help me and that you'll speak through each of our hearts. Father, that, 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 that we will be encouraged by your word, that our love for Jesus Christ will grow, that that we will live our lives with an eternal perspective, living for eternity and for your glory. Father, we pray that you'll do this, that you'll change us this evening, that our our thinking will be brought into line with your word. And we pray this for your glory and for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to start this evening with uh, a few quotes that all have, a, ha- have a, the same theme running through them. The first one is this. C.T. Studd said these words. He said, only one life to live, it will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Jim Elliot, he said this. He said, he is no fool who loses what he cannot keep to gain 
what he cannot lose. And the Apostle Paul said this, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now these men lived, they lived their lives in a way that, that, that revealed that they knew that this life here was and is temporary and fleeting. It's, it's, it's here, we're here for a short time and ultimately we can't take the things we have here with us. And these men lived with, with this knowledge and they looked forward to the next life that was eternal and everlasting. They did not live for, live for this world, but they lived for the world that was to come. That's the theme that runs through each of those quotes there. That they're not living for this world, they're just passing through. And heaven is their home. And each of those men lived their lives with that traje uh, trajectory, with their lives going uh, one way, living for the glory of God. And, and how, 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 how could they live in such a way? How could they live their lives for the glory of God with, with, with one purpose, which is to live for Christ? How could they live their lives like that? Was it because they knew that they had an eternal inheritance stored up in heaven for them? Was that why? I believe it was. That they could say these words and, and, and live these words in their lives because they knew that they had an eternal inheritance. And so they lived in light of that truth. Well, in our passage that we've just read together about the daughters of Zelophehad, we see that, that, that they too were thinking about an inheritance. They were thinking about their, their, um, their father's inheritance and they were concerned that they were going to lose it. And in our reading, we, 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 we see how they brought their concern to Moses and, and how all of that was dealt with. And we're going to look through that in a moment. But, but they were concerned about their inheritance and, and they acted in light of that. And as Christians, we, we have an inheritance. We have an eternal inheritance. And we're going to be thinking about that this evening as we look at these, these verses together. And, and as we, we look at these verses and we think about, about how the daughters of Zelophehad, um, how they were concerned for their father's inheritance. I want us to compare the inheritance that they had and, and what they did about it with the inheritance that we have as Christians. And I want, if you like, to, to set the old covenant and the new covenant against each other so we can compare our inheritance with the inheritance that is spoken about here. The purpose being that after having been reminded of our inheritance that we have in Christ, reserved for us, that, that, that we would live our lives for the world to come. That after, after thinking about our inheritance and, and what we have to look forward to, we would live our lives in light of that truth. Just like these men who I've already mentioned. And so before we get to these verses, if you, if you read through the book of Numbers, as, as you've been going through it as a church, you will know that, that now uh, Israel is in the wilderness. They've been going through. The, the, the first part of the book documents the first year in the, the wilderness. And then the end of the book documents the final year before they go into the land. And between, there's around maybe 38 years or so that are just 
wasted years and they're not even documented. The wilderness wanderings. And here, where we've taken up our reading, they're preparing. They're, they're at the final stage of the wilderness wanderings. And they're preparing to enter the promised land. And in chapter 26, you can read through. You've probably gone through it with one of the previous evenings. Someone else went through it with you. And you can read how they, they, they took a census. And this, this was the second census. And everyone who is listed here in this census, um, they, they are all part of the new generation. The ones who first left Egypt, they have all died, apart from Caleb and Joshua. All the others have died. So everyone in the first census, apart from Joshua and Caleb, they are missing from this second census. And this, this second census that you can read in chapter 26 was taken so that they could divide the land between the, the clans and the families and the fathers. And that was the purpose of, 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 of the census there in chapter 26. And the reason they did that was to prepare for the entry of the land. So when they enter the land, they know who's going to inherit what. And it's, it's in this context that these daughters of Zelophehad, they are mentioned in the census. But they, 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 they approach Moses here because they're concerned that as this census is, be, is being taken for, for who will inherit what when they enter the land, they're concerned that because their father died and left no sons, that, 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 that their father will lose the inheritance. And that's where we've taken up our reading. And, 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 and that's what our, vocus, our, our verses focus upon, that the, 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 the event that took place between the daughters of Zelophehad, Moses, and also the Lord. And there's three characters or participants in this, in this narrative, three main people. Zelophehad's daughters is obviously a group of people, but there's, there's three, if you want to say it, three characters in this, in this narrative who all play a part. You have Zelophehad's daughters, you have Moses, and you have the Lord. You have three parties, if you like. Who, who, who have an active role in, in this narrative, this account, this historical, historical account that we have recorded here. And as we go through this narrative, I want us to focus on each party as we go through. And, and we're, going to draw, we're going to draw parallels between, between what we learn about the Old Testament inheritance and then what is true about our inheritance as Christians. And so that's how we're going to look at this verse of Scripture. And the narrative there begins in verse 27. And it begins with the daughters there of, of Zelophehad. And we're told that they, they, they gather together and they draw near to Moses, to the chief priests, or, or yeah, the chief priest, well, the priest, Eleazar, the, chief, the chiefs of, the, of, the, of Israel, the fathers, the heads, and also before all the congregation. And they gather before the tent of meeting, the place where, where, where God met with them and they, they gather there before all the people and they, they, they bring their problem to Moses and what was their problem well their problem you can read it there their problem was their concern was that they were going to lose their father's inheritance they said that their father had died he did not die for the sins of the company of the of, of, of Korah you remember the, the, the company of Korah were those who rebelled against Moses and, and they died. 
You can read about it in, in Numbers. And they're saying, well, our father was not part of that company, but he died for his own sin. And the problem was that he left no sons. And in those days, it was the sons who inherited the, the land. They got the inheritance. The daughters did not inherit. They, when they married, they, they had part of their husband's inheritance. They did not take the, their father's inheritance with them. The sons got the inheritance. And here there was a problem because this man, Zelophe, had left no sons. And his daughters were concerned that now his inheritance would be lost. And so they brought this need to Moses. But why was it such a big deal that they would lose their inheritance? Well, tied up with, with their inheritance was the Lord's blessings. As far as they saw it, that their inheritance was, was something that God gave them. And to, to be part of the land was to be where, where God was. It was all tied together, the land, God's presence, the inheritance, God's blessings. That was how they thought. And so for them to lose their inheritance would, would just be tragic. It would be tragic for them to, to lose the inheritance of their father. And so they brought their need to, to Moses. They had a concern that, that their inheritance, the, the inheritance of their father was going to be lost. And there, there, there's two points that I want us to, to notice from these daughters of Zelophehad. What, what we notice firstly is that they had faith. They believed that they would get the inheritance. At this time, when they've approached Moses and all the people, they had not yet entered the land. They're standing still in the wilderness, yet to, to, to conquer the land, and yet they believed that what God had said was true, and that they were going to inherit the land of Canaan. Just like God promised to Abraham in Genesis 12, they would inherit this land. And they believed it and they had faith. You, you can contrast them against those in Numbers 13 and 14 who, who went to spy out the land. And they saw the land. They came back and they said, oh, it's flowing with milk and honey. It's just wonderful. But they're too strong for us. They're like giants and we're like grasshoppers and, and we can't do it. They didn't have faith, those in Numbers 13 and 14. But here, these, these, these sons, I mean, sorry, these daughters of Zelophehad, they did. They did have faith. They believed what God had said, that they would get the inheritance. And as Christians, as I've already hinted, we too look forward to an inheritance, an eternal inheritance that we have in Christ. The Bible says in Romans 8.17 that we are co-heirs with Christ. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus. The Bible says that we shall, shall inherit all things. It says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, that I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have, have, have men imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. We look forward to an inheritance. And as Christians, we must, like these daughters of Zelophehad, we must look forward to it with faith. They believed that they were going to get this inheritance, and so they acted accordingly. What did they do? They went to Moses, and they said, look, we have this problem, because they, they were sure that they were going to get the inheritance, that it was, all, it was all going to come to pass. And so they acted in light of that. And as believers, we must have faith that we are going to receive our inheritance in Christ, in heaven. And so we must act in light of that. We must live our lives 
in light of these truths, storing up treasures in heaven and not on earth, where moths destroy, where rust corrupts, where thieves break through and steal. We must have faith like these daughters of Zelophehad here that we too will get our inheritance and we must live like it, act accordingly, just like they did. And there's a second point that we notice about these daughters of Zelophehad. And the first one was positive. They had faith that they would receive their inheritance. That's good. And we should, we should copy them and, and have faith like them. But they, there was also a, a negative uh, point in the way that, that, that they acted. And that was that they were concerned that they would lose it. They were concerned that they would lose their inheritance. They were afraid. They were worried that their father would would, would be forgotten among the, the clans, the, the, the families of their clan. And so they, they were concerned, they were worried, and that's why they, they, they brought their need to Moses and to the people. They were concerned. Now, if we should copy their faith, we should not copy their concern as Christians because we do not need to be concerned about losing our inheritance if we are believers in Christ because we can be sure that God is faithful and that we will not lose our inheritance. It is being kept for us. This is what 1 Peter says. 1 Peter 1 verse 3 and 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time they were concerned that they might lose their inheritance but as Christians we have an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for us so we can be sure that whatever happens in this life we have an inheritance in heaven that is unfading, undefiled, imperishable, kept for us. We, do not, we must have their faith and live in light of this truth, but we must not share their concern. Because in Christ, our inheritance is secure. So there, the daughters of Zelophehad, and they, they brought their need to Moses. The next main character in the narrative, the next person who is mentioned is Moses. They brought their need to Moses. And in verse 2 we read of Moses that, that he was there with Eleazar and with the chiefs and with all the congregation. And then in verse 5 we, we meet Moses again. And here in verse 5 we read that Moses brought their case before the Lord. They brought their need to Moses, and Moses brought their case before the Lord. What was Moses doing when he did that? What role was he playing? Well, Moses was being a mediator between the people, the daughters of Zelophehad, and God. He was being the mediator, the one who was, who was standing in the gap, the one who was, who was interceding on behalf of the people to God. And the one who was speaking for God to the people. He was the mediator, the, the, in, the one who was in between. 
and he inquired of the Lord for them. And so what parallel can we draw here? Well, if Moses was their mediator and they took their knees to him, as Christians we have a mediator who is far greater, Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 3 we, we read of how Jesus Christ is greater than Moses. And this is what Hebrews chapter 3 says. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much as, as, much as more glory as the builder of a house has more honour than the house itself. Jesus Christ was worthy of more glory than Moses because he was greater than Moses. And this is what we read in Hebrews 9.15. Therefore he, Jesus Christ, therefore he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. Moses was the mediator between the daughters of Zelophehad and the Lord, and he was the one who was helping them to secure their, their inheritance. He mediated between them and God. But here we read that Christ is our mediator so that we might receive the promised eternal inheritance. And so they... Their inheritance was mediated through Moses, but our inheritance, our eternal inheritance, is mediated through Christ, who is much greater than Moses. And therefore, we can be sure that we will inherit this eternal inheritance. It says there, since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant, Hebrews 9.15. And then after we, we come across Moses, he's mentioned briefly, after we meet Moses, then the Lord speaks. The Lord speaks. And this is what we see in the final verses, verses 11, sorry, verses 6 through to 11. And here we see that God is faithful to his people. God is faithful and he ensures that they receive their inheritance. God says there in, in verse 6, he says, And the Lord said to Moses, The daughters of Zelophehad are right. They are right. You shall give them possession of an inheritance among their father's brothers and transfer the inheritance of their father to them. He says they're right and you shall give them their inheritance. And then he goes on and he gives some uh, rules. He, he, he gives laws. So that people in the future who might risk losing their inheritance so that they won't lose it. So that their inheritance will be secure. And here what we learn, if we learn one point from these um, five verses, it's that God is faithful to his people and he makes sure that they receive their inheritance. 
inheritance. And we know for a fact that they did receive their inheritance, these daughters of Zelophehad, because in, in Joshua 17, verses 3 and 4, this is what we read. Now Zelophehad had uh, the son of Hepher, son of Gilead, son of Maka, son of Manasseh, had no sons but only daughters. And these are the names of his daughters, Marla, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Terzah. They approached Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the leaders and said, The Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among our brothers. So according to the mouth of the Lord, he gave them an inheritance among the brothers of their father. They received their inheritance. We read it there in Joshua chapter 17, verses 3 and 4. And what, what we learn here is that God is faithful. And he ensures that his people receive their inheritance. And so as Christians today, as believers, as God's people, we can be sure that we too will receive our inheritance. Now they were, they were inheriting a land, the land of Canaan. And that was a great inheritance. They were slaves in Egypt and now they were free people inheriting a land. They would have their own land. They can work on their own ground. They have their own vineyards, a land flowing with milk and honey, a great inheritance. But if that was a great inheritance for them, how much greater is ours in Christ? As I've already hinted or quoted, 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. It's an eternal inheritance. It's an inheritance that's stored for us in heaven. We will inherit the kingdom of God. To be honest, I wish I knew more about it. I've been reading and reading today, trying to find out what this inheritance is. And I'm standing here and I'm not telling you much. I really don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us all that, that, that there is about this, to do with this inheritance. And I'm sure it's because it's so vast and so great that, if, that we can't really comprehend it. Try, imagine trying to explain colour to a blind person. It would be impossible, wouldn't it? How would you explain colour to a blind person? Well, I think that's, what, that's like trying to explain the new heavens and the new earth, this inheritance to people like us, when all we've known is a, is a fallen, sinful world. I think that's, that's the same, and that's why the Bible says so little about this inheritance. It tells us enough, but we want to know more, and I want to know more, I want to tell you more. But I think it's just so wonderful and so great that we just have to wait and find out for ourselves and the good news is what we're reminded of here in these verses is that we will find out we will be there we will see it we will partake of it because God is faithful and he ensures that his people will receive their inheritance Ephesians 1 13 and 14 says this in him you also when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised holy spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. When we believed in Christ, we were born again. We received God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he is our guarantee. And we know for sure, if you have been born again this evening, born of the spirit, then you can be sure that you will acquire possession of this inheritance. God's word says it. God cannot lie. And so 
here in these verses, we, we come across the daughters of Zelophehad and their problem. We see that they had faith. They believed the inheritance would, they would get the inheritance, that they would inherit the land, and they acted upon it. And as believers, we must have faith that we too will receive this inheritance, and we must live in light of that truth. However, they were concerned, they were afraid, and as Christians, we do not need to be concerned about losing this inheritance that we have in Christ. It's reserved in heaven for us. We came across Moses, and he was the mediator between the daughters of Zelophehad and the Lord, and, and he managed to secure their possession for them, didn't he? He mediated well, but we have a greater mediator, a far greater mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ, who mediates for us. And we can be sure that we will not lose our inheritance because we have a far greater mediator between us and God, the man Christ Jesus. And then we came across the Lord who really is, this is who, the Lord God is, is who this portion of scripture is about. And this portion of scripture is telling us that the Lord is faithful and he makes sure that his people receive their inheritance. And that's what we see here. Their daughter, these daughters of Zelophehad received the inheritance. And we can be encouraged this evening because we too will receive our inheritance in Christ. We have an inheritance reserved for us in heaven that is unfading and imperishable. And so we must ask the question, so what? What's, how should we live in light of this? What's the so, so what? What should we do differently now that we have been reminded of these truths? What should our response be as we're reminded of our Christian inheritance? What's the application here? Well, Hebrews 11 verses 13 through 16 says this. We're told about all these men of faith. And then we read these words. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar off, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of a land, sorry, of that land, from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. These men of faith, these people who are, who are mentioned there in Hebrews 11, they lived their lives as they were merely passing through. They had their eyes on a heavenly city. They did not think about the city, the land that they left, but they were thinking of the one they were going to. And that must be our response as Christians. Just like those of Hebrews 11 who looked forward to a greater inheritance, they desired a better country, that is a heavenly one. And they lived their lives with their eyes on the heavenly prize. They lived their lives in light of the truth that this is not their home, they're just passing through. Pilgrims, passing through. And they live their lives in light of it. And, and we must do the same. We must do the same. There's a, an amazing description of these people in Hebrews 11. There, um, towards the end. And this is what it says. And these were people who were living with their eyes on this, on this heavenly 
country. They knew they were passing through and this was how they lived. It says, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong after weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. They were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. They had their eyes on the greater inheritance, on the heavenly city. And then it continues, others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in the dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God has provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. They were living for that heavenly country. And we must do the same. C.T. Studd said, only one life to live, it will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Jim Elliot, he is no fool who loses what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. The Apostle Paul, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Let us live our lives in light of our eternal inheritance, which is secure and reserved in heaven for us. Just have a word of prayer and I'll hand back over to Ray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's precious. We thank you for the wonderful truths that we find in it. And Father, we confess that Father, we, we long to know more about this inheritance. But Father, we, we, we also confess that, that although, although we long to know more truth, often we fail to live up to the, the revealed truth that we already have. And Father, we long to know more about this inheritance. But we pray, Father, that until we do, when we see it for ourselves, when we receive it, when we acquire possession of it, help us, Lord, to live in light of it, to live our lives knowing that this is not our home, that we're passing through, that we have an inheritance in the heavens reserved for us and we can be sure that we will receive it because you are a faithful God and you ensure that your people receive their inheritance. Father, we thank you for your word and we pray that you will enable us to live in light of these truths. In Jesus' name, amen.